Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Go away, kitty. <laughs> Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Ah, yes. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Gonna say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and what you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you? You look like a fake. Twitch streaming uh, character that plays Call of Duty. Actually, I don't look too bad right now. <laughs> like Dr. Disrespect or something. Yeah. You just kind of got uh, like a big floofy wig. I can't see anything with those on. <laughs> uh, so how, how does it look? Fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I like the headband too. I'm gonna keep the headband for when we go to wrestling. Uh, you should <laughs> nice. Once that once I start doing that again, yes. <laughs> I think I might do it again for Halloween and be Hulk Hogan for Halloween. All I need is a, a you know the shirt and a feather boa. I'll be I'm good to go. And and systemic racism. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how am I supposed uh, to do the show like this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how are you gonna? How's anybody gonna take me seriously looking like this? I'll be honest. I don't know if we. When can did I ever take the rest seriously. of the show? <laughs> What'd you say, Derek? <laughs> right. I said honestly, I don't know if we can top this. I mean, we could probably just end the show right now, and it would be the best episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a video episode, and that's it. Uh, yeah. I was dreading it all day today. I was like, oh, man, I got to shave tonight. So how how uh, long have – I got to ask, how long have you been rocking the, the Fu Manchu? Since about like, – six, six o'clock. 
Okay, so about an oh, hour. So not long. Yeah, about yeah. an hour. Yeah. But, it's a fresh cut. So, I think it's only fair to reiterate why this has happening. Dymo says, did Joe Exotic get out of jail? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> shaving after this. <laughs> I am never going to recover from this financially. Well, enjoy it now, because this is the last bet we're ever doing. <laughs> I'm just really good at this. I mean, that's all there's Well, hey, at least I didn't lose 100 bucks. All I had to do was lose a beard. Right. So. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of would have been able to lose 100 bucks. Not that. But yeah. Not that. But uh, I, I still, okay. I have to discuss real quickly the bet itself and like i sent a message to someone and i forgot who it was but i you know they asked me what theories i had about about pietro on wandavision and i told them that i don't like to have theories because it always leads with me being disappointed and that's not a good way to watch television right yeah. and, and uh but if i had to there's really three things it's either it is Pietro, they just recast him. It is uh, Pietro from the X-Men universe, or it's just one of the neighbors that she brought over. And I was right. I should have been very specific, because <laughs> if I... And then twisted it to where... You had to wear that for a month if I got it on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a pretty good theory, though. You know, I mean, it, it kind of made sense, but, you know... I mean, as soon as you texted, I think Loki is Pietro, I was like, since when does Loki give a shit about Wanda Maximoff? Well, if, if <laughs> they, yeah, but we still, we're going to get the, the Loki TV show. We still, right. they we, they have not addressed what happened to him after he took the, the Tesseract. So I figured mm -hmm. what better way to reintroduce him back into the, the fold by just showing up and like having him be behind a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I don't like that idea. I mean, a lot. I mean, and very specifically for the reason I said, because it makes no story sense. I mean, what? Why? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I was just looking for big, the big twist. You know, hoping the big right. That was the big I, twist. I understand. And everybody was wrong. So that is what makes me excited because I was going to tell everybody that they were wrong. And. <laughs> people just forgot how to watch movies and TV nowadays. They're yeah. always like, if it's not this very specific plot, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm not like trying to like, uh, you know, ruin anything for myself. I just, I like throwing out theories and seeing if they right. come true. And if they don't, it doesn't break my heart. I'm not going to like go to Twitter and, and, you know, threaten to kill people because my, you know, my prediction didn't come true. Well, it's not about the prediction. It's not about the wrong. speculation. It's about the reaction to the yeah. speculation. Steffi's right. here. What's up, Steffi? <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing at me now. Uh, you like it? Because this is the last it. time it's ever going to happen. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, that's too bad. I think we should make a bet every single, every single day. Yeah. So let's, at least let's for every Marvel show. Let's go and actually start the episode like we usually do. Derek, tell us about your week. Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, we had our um, first high school game at our stadium this past Monday, so it was like first time we've actually done baseball in nearly a year. So it was a long day, long night, but yeah, it was it was all right. Other than that, just um, playing some video games. Uh, played some more Trials of Mana, which I will be reviewing this evening. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I've uh, just been kind of hanging out with the fiance and uh, just doing the whole podcast thing. Sweet. Uh, uh, seven years. Seven yeah, as years. Seven years ago today is when I released the first episode of the Derek Diamond Experience, and it makes me feel ancient. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Steffi says I look great, so thank you, Steffi. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish that one of us would have dressed up as the Macho Man. I could, or like, like Wally could have been either Macho Man or Mean Gene, and I could have been the other. 
think I would have been a better mean gene. With, See, you know, if we lived together, we could have done the whole promo where, you know, uh, you like Wally could play mean gene and then uh, Derek, you could have played the macho man. And we could have done the whole, the, the mega powers handshake. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see the gentleman to my left here shake hands with the gentleman on my right so what about you wally uh how was your week uh i i didn't hear that because you cut out on me oh so but, how, was, how was your week because i know you've been playing a lot of Fortnite. because that's like all you do i with. have yeah <laughs> well the thing is is that i get to hang out with my friends on Fortnite, and you know it's like you know what else am i going to do and uh, my little girl's been playing with me as well. So we've been in squads. And I'm telling you, me, my little girl, Rampage, uh, my buddy Andrew, uh, Steffi. Uh, we've got, oh, I'm, I'm missing people. Oh, Matt, we are dominating. <laughs> we, we are simply destroying the competition. But the thing is, is that they just changed the game. Uh, season six started yesterday, so technically, so basically, we're in a brand new game, so to speak, and we're still uh, figuring it out because they have changed all the weapons. Uh, they added bows and arrows and animals. Like there's packs of wolves who will attack you now. There's chickens um, to catch. Rampage says there's chickens to catch in there. Yep, there are chickens, and you can actually float down like in Zelda, uh, holding on to a chicken. And uh, awesome. and then you can kill it and then eat it for substance. Okay. Uh, which you shouldn't eat raw chicken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the food, you know, if you kill, like, wolves, you can eat the, the meat for health, which is gross. And uh, you also collect their bones. And and off, there's a crafting element now, so you can craft your weapons to be better. Like, explosive... Uh, explosive... Uh, arrows and things of that nature um so they really changed the format and it's it's fun but it's a lot trying to figure out you know trying to figure it out while you're playing because they don't give you a tutorial or anything like that and uh me i really and... i really want to play with you guys so i'll do that soon i've just been i haven't had a whole lot of time plus joey image has been uh wanting me to get the game uh days gone for like months I... now and I actually picked it up the other day for 15 bucks from GameStop, and I've been playing that the last couple of days, so that's been sucking whatever extra time I have playing that game. I have it. I just never touched it. It's, it's really uh, part of the... Yeah, when you buy a PlayStation 5, they give it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I talked him into playing Mad Max, too, because I think Mad <laughs> Max is one of the uh, most underrated you know, PS4 games. Underrated uh, open world games of the last few years, so and it's right. a lot like Days Gone. So I think uh, it's a good transition to go between those two games. Uh, Steffi says she had a platinum on that game until they added the DLC to it. Oh wow, so, nice, interesting. It's a good uh, game. I, I, I haven't platinumed any games. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I just get to play to yeah. the end, then I'm done. <laughs> right. Same. I'm spent. Um, but we got some news to get to. Would you fellas like to get to the news? Sure. Sure. I'm I'm sitting it out since I never got a link to the thing. Okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll just comment. This one is an email from our one of our patrons, Armez Jackson, uh, from NintendoLife.com. Running gun shooter Mighty Goose takes aim at Untitled Goose Games Waterfowl Crown. Uh, the adorable Untitled Goose Game has already become a champion of gaming geese on the Switch eShop, but there's always room for one more, right? The spring, This spring sees the launch of Mighty Goose, a fast-paced run-and-gun shooter from Blast Mode Games and Playism. Unlike Untitled Goose Game's cheeky titular character, this particular waterfowl is an aggressive, muscle-bounding hunter whose only goal is to hunt down evil. Um, assume the role of Mighty Goose and bring the fight to the Void King, this galaxy-conquering monarch commands a vast army of minions and mechanized monsters. Dealing with these baddies means traveling to distant worlds and facing all kinds of dangers. But not to worry, this this is no problem for the legendary Mighty Goose. I'm in love with this the game already. Goose. The Mighty Goose. Mighty Goose. It looks like a fun Saturday game. I, I, I haven't... 
I haven't watched the YouTube video yet, but from the screen caps, I mean, it looks like it would be a really fun game. And I mean, who doesn't want to play as a badass goose? <laughs> it has a nice 16-bit look to it, so I might give this a shot. Yeah, this looks like it, it belongs like right on the Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. It, it looks like a lot of fun. I, I, is there a multiplayer aspect to it? Or is I don't it just know. I was, I was looking through. It doesn't say anything about multiplayer. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't give you a price either, but I imagine this can't be more than 5 10 bucks. Yeah. If this had some type of multiplayer aspect to it, can you say Community Game Night? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> No, this, this game looks like a lot of fun. Mighty like, Goose. Yeah, it's called My, The Mighty Goose. The Mighty Goose. Our next story uh, is an email from I Am The Rampage, a.k.a. Rampage. Rampage. From GameSpot.com, Blizzard reportedly lays off 50 people to pivot away from live in-person events. Blizzard has reportedly cut 50 people from its workforce as the company shifts away from live events a decision brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. And in an update, Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier is how I'm assuming you say yeah. that. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. I said, like that guy. Said dozens of people at the whole company have been affected, not just those in live events. Schreier also noted that the affected employees will receive 200 Battle.net gift cards on top of the 90 severance and health benefits for one year. Wow, thanks. That, that's, you you yeah, fired that's, me and I get a $200 what? battle yeah, net that's... card. <laughs> Here is 300 hours of AOL online. Might as well give him a freaking AOL disc while you're at it. That's freaking, that's awful. That angers me. Uh, the affected employees come from support departments largely responsible for live events, including esports matches. The company spokesperson said that Blizzard and its esport teams has had to adapt the world's new conditions but i mean this really sucks i mean you you hate when anyone loses their job right you do but but i mean it's i hate to say it but it's not surprising i mean so many people have lost their jobs so many businesses are shut down due to the pandemic and i know things are starting to get better as the vaccine continues to roll out but Oh, I fear we may not have seen the last of this and or the, uh, a story similar to this. They left out of this article, too, that the Activision Blizzard CEO is getting a bonus of $200 million. And not even just that. Steffi just said in the chat that someone checked and they had job openings still on their page after that post. Oh, my God. You know, I used to love Blizzard, but, you know, I was a huge World of Warcraft fan. I like... You know, I really love uh, Diablo, the Diablo games. But after this, I'm voting with my wallet. I'm not buying anything Blizzard ever. Ever well, since they were Activision. Well, that's you know? what I'm saying. Uh, you know, Blizzard was a totally different company until they were taken over by Activision. And Activision has done nothing but drive Blizzard into the ground over the last six to seven years and i'm done i'm not i'm not gonna buy diablo right. 2 after this and and then seeing that their ceo got uh 200 is getting a 200 million dollar bonus after all these people were let go i'm not giving them any more money i'm just not gonna do it i, I don't care i i'd love to fin to go back and play diablo 2 but i'm not gonna do it they're not getting any more of my money ever well, that's what we should do. If there's something that you don't ethically agree with or just something you don't like, you don't buy it. Yeah. You, like you said, you vote yeah. with your wallet. Like That's the ultimate way to show that you disapprove of something. And I think this is going to piss off enough people in the Blizzard community that and I, I kind of hope that people really leave Blizzard. Like I, I hope that they start uh, you know, uh, unsubscribing to stuff and send a message. That's the only way these companies are going to learn is you're going to have to send them a message. And if you stop playing their games, stop giving them money, maybe they might think twice before doing crap like this. Right. Yeah. Activision needs to be taught a lesson. <laughs> That's they're like EA. They you know they they just need need to be taught a lesson. And EA has been able to get away with all the crap they've gotten away with since what the late 90s. Um, you know, they, they, they took over every single sports, uh, uh, what, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like sports, the, franchises. sports franchises. So that way, you know, there's no competition. 
Like all there is every year is just another Madden upgrade. You know, you can't play, you know, the NHL 2K games that I used to love, the NFL 2K games that I used to love. You can't play them anymore because nobody can make them because EA has all the money. And then they started doing all the loot box crap the last few years. It's like, just stop giving them money. People complain about it, but yet every year they go and pay $75 for a roster upgrade on Madden. And just stop it. Just stop. Point of order, if you want the full roster upgrade, it's $99.99. Jesus. (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) That's freaking criminal. Yeah, it is. I don't don't know Uh, what else to say. I'm very disappointed in Blizzard. And I know it's... Because all the people I loved at Blizzard that ran, that created that company, all those guys are gone now. They're off doing other things. This is all new people running everything. And it just feels, it went from feeling like a game company made by gamers, people who just loved playing games and, and made the games that they wanted to play. And that's why everything was so good, and and all those people are gone now. And and you no, know, it, it's interesting because uh, a point that Steffi actually put in there is that people who are younger who don't remember the steady decline yeah. will still pay for these things because we know that this is a marketed difference from the way that they used to be in the. 90s and and the early 2000s and the people who are just getting into gaming they just see a video game company they don't really see you know the behind the scenes honestly you go on twitter and see video game twitter you know the people who are discussing it and responding to developers and stuff like that it's obvious they don't know what the hell goes on behind the scenes they don't know how game development is and so they don't one understand and two they don't don't remember that far back that's just what gaming is to them yeah i don't don't know maybe you know and even steffi said uh um but the people who care will know the what decisions to make and boycott so to speak and you know i agree with that there are a lot of us i say older gamers which which means which basically i mean like 25 and above you know older gamers but you're right. I mean, the the younger gamers, the teenagers, they don't they don't care about that stuff as long as they get their uh, you know Fortnite bucks. Like they're they're gonna keep pumping money into to stuff like loot boxes and things like that. Things that have ruined gaming the last ten years. And now so. Fortnite doesn't have loot boxes. Oh, I know, you. but you know what I'm saying, like like that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Because that they'll they'll do it because they, they like you said they don't really know any better. It's it's all yeah, they know. Right. Just what I was about to say. They just don't know any better. Yeah, pay yeah, pay to win, baby. <laughs> it's exactly yeah, everything. What it is. Pay to win. Everything on Fortnite, you pay to look different. That's yeah. really well. That's, that's why it, I like. That's what it really like should it, be. Yeah. You know, if you want right. to spend money, I'd rather spend money in a game to to look cool. I don't want to pay to win. Right. Like if I have to pay to win, this is why I stopped playing. Um, uh, crap. What's the Blizzard game? The card game. Uh, Hearthstone. Yeah, Hearthstone. That's why I quit playing Hearthstone. It's like, I, you have to pay to win, basically. It's supposed to be a free game, but if you just play the free version, right. you're going to get your ass kicked. And that's why I stopped playing it. Right. And it's not like that. The games that have endured are the games that are free and play the same regardless as to whether... Like, Among Us is a free game on mobile. Yeah. And it, it was huge because nobody has an advantage... Uh, other than the fact that, you know, you can't really talk very well on a mobile game. Yeah. Uh, but it's all based on platform differences. And so, you know, Among Us, Fortnite, that type of thing, you know, even even like uh, Fall Guys, uh, all the games that have become massively popular lately, the only thing that you pe- spend money on are the cosmetics. Yeah. Uh, Fall Guys is not a free game, of course, but you know you, you don't have to. Ha- you don't get any competitive advantage by spending your money. You just look like Mr. Beast. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> you know? I don't mind doing that if I'm playing a game where I can either play it for a thousand hours to get the stuff I want, or if I want to plop down ten bucks for a, sk- a cool skin, I'm okay with that. But if you're gonna try to milk me for every single penny and dime I have, I'm not playing your game anymore. 
Agreed. But on to the next story. This is from uh, this is a Kickstarter alert. Um, this is from NintendoLife.com. Canceled Game Boy Color RPG Infinity is finally getting released 20 years later. Um, for an unreleased Game Boy Color, Game Infinity's got quite the history behind it. Developed by Affinix Software between 1999 and 2001, it wasn't too far off of completion, but due to the Game Boy Advance's launch, got canceled due to publishing struggles. An unfinished ROM emerged five years ago alongside a soundtrack release, and now Infinity's making a comeback through Kickstarter this June. Um, development is being restarted by Incubate Games, who have brought on former staff from Infinix Software to help complete it. Um, in preparation for their upcoming campaign, Retro Mining has launched an official website outlining what we can expect from gameplay. An ancient, nameless evil stirs beneath the earth, twisting the land and its people alike with its corrupting force. The two rival nations careen toward war as a shadowy figure arms them both with unholy weapons of immense power. Power! And disgraced knight is called upon to overcome the centuries-old pain that divides these people. His own grief and malevolent forces fanning the flames of hate. The epic tale frames a role-playing game with a unique tactical battle system, a detailed world with over 50 explorable areas, and more than 100 items and beautiful 8-bit graphics, all to immerse you into this world of infinity. Like this sounds it. like it would have been a really ambitious game yeah. for the Game Boy back then. And I, I'm glad that you know, it's going to be completed. And I, I watched a little bit of the, the trailer, and it looks like something that would be right up my alley. It's got yeah. a little bit of a Link's Awakening type feel. So I, I would love to play this because I, I love games like this. And like I said, I'm excited that it's going to get to be completed You know, 20 years later. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's why I threw this story in here, because I know I was like, man, Derek will really... This looks like something you you would have played, so this is like oh, right up your alley. This would have been in my collection had it been released. Yeah. For sure, but it it just sounds huge for mm. a Game Boy game. Well, the Kickstarter yeah. starts in June, so if you want to jump in, uh, go ahead and jump in, because uh, I think Limited Run, yeah. Uh, no, wait, uh, shapeshift. No, uh, I was thinking it was going to be limited run, but it's going to be sort of like a limited run type of thing. The, the company, not like actual limited run. Right. Yeah. No, I, I gotcha. No, I, I'd love to, to, you know, keep uh checking progress for this. Cause yeah. it, this sounds like, like I said, something that would be right up my alley. Well, let's keep it in mind and we'll come back to it in June and uh, yeah. see how it's doing. Yes, for sure. And our last story comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Forget the Switch, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Transparent retro consoles are the must-have item of 2021. These look so Back cool. They do. <laughs> Back in the 80s and 90s, demand for see-through technology arguably hit its peak. I remember that phase. While the 70s have been about attaching bits of wood to consumer electronics <laughs> to make them fit more convincingly in the living room, there was soon a burning desire to actually see the inner workings of the systems we used. And that resulted in some pretty awesome consoles, including more than one transparent Game Boy and a cool Skeleton Saturn, which was exclusive to Japan. Even the N64 got in on the action with several transparent color variants, all of which are highly desirable in today's market. I specifically remember the green one. Uh, while the trend for gaming systems with see-through cases has waned over the past few decades, access to cheap means of mass production in the Far East has recently triggered fresh demand and retro enthusiasts are now looking at ways of redressing their beloved systems in flashy new transparent clothing. So you can go to at RGR dev on Twitter and see that there's a pre-order for a see-through transparent shell of the super Nintendo. And man, does it look cool? Oh yeah. Steph, uh, Steffi uh, PC towers are transparent, but you got to see the super Nintendo transparent super nintendo case holy crap this is cool yeah the i've seen the trend of pc towers have been going to like a, a clear acrylic type thing or at least a window where you can see into it and uh you know and there's like rgb lights inside and uh sometimes there'll be like a little led light with a little animation that's playing and just uh it's very very interesting so so clear you know that kind of thing is still alive and well in the pc space 
but uh, I still don't have a clear telephone that I can speak in, mm. and that vexes uh, me greatly. <laughs> Yeah, I put that uh, that at in the uh, the chat room there. It's at rgrdev on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So cool! I want one. I'm not gonna lie, it's not how I expected it to look. I thought it would be like I, I thought you'd see a little more. I don't know, maybe like the chips or pieces, yeah. and it it looks for the most part like a clear shell with. You know, the three buttons and the controller. Well, what I, I would actually do with the... this is I would get the clear shell and then have uh, install lights inside of it. Yes. That would be really cool. But it, it looks great. I'd love to get my hands on one. I, as, oh, yeah, super early, or super early Bird pre-order ends on March 7th, which was already passed. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, still got to find a way to get one, though. Yeah, they have some uh, PC Engine stuff here at the bottom that looks pretty cool. Yeah, they have a, a PC Engine transparent shell set, too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, the, the transparent stuff looks really cool. Like, I, I remember the, the Game Boy specifically and that green N64 from back in the day that I know a lot of people had. The only thing I had that was transparent was, uh, remember Swatches? I had a transparent swatch when I was a kid. So did I. I don't think I ever owned a swatch. Synchronized swatches. All right, well, that is it for the news. We're going to go into this month in video game history. Oh, come on, chat, uh, soundboard. <laughs> Work You're with gonna blame me. the chat for the soundboard? <laughs> In March of 1983, Atari releases the poorly received 1200XL computer. Late in the year, and the rest of the Atari 8-bit family are replaced by the 600XL and 800XL. Did I read that right? Hold on. Uh, Atari releases the poorly received 1200XL computer. Late in the year, it and the rest of the Atari 8-bit family are replaced by the 600XL and 800XL. So what's the difference between the 1200 and the 600 and 800? Uh yeah, uh, the second one is 600 more and the that is 800 is 200 more. That is 80s as hell. Yes it is. I don't know, like I I've never dabbled too much into the Atari, so just like looking at the technology, specifically these are just so foreign to me. Yeah. Like, I just think computer keyboard when I see this, but it's crazy to think that they were just... Like, it doesn't even really have a cool look. It has that weird, like, early 80s kind of beige color to it. Like, why was everything beige in the early 80s? What were we doing? We, We had pastels in the 70s. And wood grain in the 80s. <laughs> and then the 90s, we went, uh, you know, cross neon. Cross colors, yeah, neon, neon, and transparent. I don't know. I, I personally think we should bring the pastels back. I love pastels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, March 23rd of 1993, Kirby's Adventure is released for the NES in Japan. It introduced Kirby's ability to take on the powers of enemies he has eaten, which would go on to become a staple of the franchise, and also included the first appearance of Meta Knight, who's a very popular character in Smash Brothers. Man, I love Kirby's Adventure. I really did miss out when I was younger on this game by not giving it a chance. You know, it's crazy to think that Kirby's Dreamland did not include Kirby's ability to transform. Because I remember yeah. playing that game for the Game Boy way back in the day. I played that game quite a bit, actually. And then, you know, that, that power was added and that character was changed forever because you, you can't picture Kirby without having that ability. Like, you just can't. Like, yeah. it is, it's, so, it's one of the cooler aspects of Smash Brothers is that you can copy abilities from literally every character in the game. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see, March 11th of 1995, Square releases Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I still haven't finished Chrono Trigger. 
I haven't either. I do like, really like that game a lot, though. I feel like four hours into it, and then I just stopped and moved on to everything else. I liked it, though. I, this is one of my... I'm probably going to phrase this wrong, but one of my biggest regrets of my gaming youth was not playing this game. Yeah. Because I know how well-received it was, and even back then I heard how popular it was. I just never played it. But I, it's a game that I hope one day I can go back and finish because I, I, like, I love that style of game. It's just they take up a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, March 14th of 1998, Sega announces the discontinuation of the Sega Saturn in North America to prepare for the launch of its successor, the Dreamcast. I have no real recollection of the Sega Saturn. Um, I never owned one. You know, I just, I, I had the Genesis, and then I got the Dreamcast when it came out, and that was fairly shortly lived, so. <laughs> I think Wally's package arrived, because he just got up and left. <laughs> I was like, what'd I do? I forgot he said he had a package coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I never say, played, the... uh, what'd you say? I was going to say, I didn't know he hated the Sega Saturn that much. Yeah, I never had a Sega Saturn or a Dreamcast. I never played either one. Maybe um, when I go up to Jersey again, um, Joey Image will let me play his Dreamcast for a bit. Maybe if you're really nice. Yeah. He will. <laughs> uh, oh, there's, there's, there's Wally's arm. Oh, I see his arm. <laughs> Is that the cat down there? Like, move the camera down. I want to see the kitty. <laughs> Here he comes. March 21st of 1999, HAL Laboratory releases Pokemon Snap for the N64 in Japan. You know they're coming out with a new one, right? And I cannot wait to play it because I loved Pokemon Snap. It's such a simple game. You literally sit in this, like, buggy thing, and you take pictures of different Pokemon in their environment. That is all you do, but it is so much fun, and I cannot wait to play the new one. Because it still, to me, is one of the most underrated N64 games ever made. Yeah, I want to shout out Freddy vs. All and Dymo in the chat room, too. They've been here for a while. I just haven't shouted them out yet. Oh, sweet. Lively chat tonight. I know. we're, we're oh. It's all over the place. Yeah, I love it. Did you get your I package, Wally? Your, your big package that you've been waiting on? <laughs> oh, he's messing around with My something. My package is always big, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I had to set him up. I had to set him up for that. Uh, yeah. and... A Pokeball. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, nice. And to close us out for this month in video game history, on March 21st of 2001, the Game Boy Advance handheld is released by Nintendo in Japan. Also to back up the GBA's identical graphics to the SNES, an enhanced remake of Super Mario Bros. 2 was launched and i i thought the game boy advance was so cool back in the day because they would port super nintendo games to it like yeah. super mario world uh like the super mario all-stars versions of uh mario brothers 2 and 3 uh, you know link to the past it was like reliving the super nintendo again so i i love the game boy advance i have very fond memories of it i'd like to find one out in the wild and start getting some games for it the original Game Boy Advance did not have a backlit screen. Yeah, that's the bad so, thing. So my uh, my uncle modded it to where it had a backlit screen in it, and it was it ate up batteries like crazy, but yeah. it was like a life changer when that <laughs> happened. Sure. Uh, well, that's it for the uh, this month in video game history. We're about to go into the review, but before we do that, Derek has shoutouts. As always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armez Jackson, Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, and Gus and Penny. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions, and because you've kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks. This month, we will be doing a combination of The Muppet Show and Captain N, The Game Master, as voted by you. And speaking of voting, the poll for April's uh, roundtable discussion is up. I believe Castlevania is in the lead right now, Ooh, but it is a close race. 
So if you haven't voted yet, be sure to get your vote in. That poll will close at the end of the month. If you want to vote on several polls such as that and be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head on over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Tonight we're going to be talking about... soothing (laughs) it is i i like the music from this game so this week i will be reviewing trials of mana also known by its japanese title seiken densetsu 3 which is a 1995 action role-playing game developed and published by square which you now know as square enix for the super famicom it's the sequel to the 1993 game secret of mana and is the third installment in the mana series Now, I've praised Secret of Mana ad nauseum on this show. It's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time. And I had no idea that it was part of a bigger franchise until I was a little bit older and saw that there were Mana games for, say, like the DS, the 3DS. And then the collection of Mana came out for the Switch, which is what this game uh, is on, because it wasn't available in the States until now. But get this the first installment in the Mana franchise is actually a Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy Adventures, I believe, is what it's called. This podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bring that trash in here. You would have found that out. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) So it's better you hear it from me than just random, random search on the internet. So when I saw that this was available for the Switch, I was really excited to play it. Because I love Secret of Mana so much, and I was excited to play other games uh, in the series. And this has been a game that I've been working on for quite a while, because as you know, RPGs are much more in-depth than other games we review on the show. So I wanted to give myself enough time to really dive into it. And I'll be perfectly honest, I was a little skeptical in the beginning, because it was very slow to really get going as far as the story. Like you, from the beginning, you kind of know what you're supposed to do, but there's just a lot of exploring and a lot of walking in the beginning before you find other members of your party. What's cool about Trials of Mana is that it builds on the formula of Secret of Mana and it has some cool additions to it. So in Secret of Mana, you have your your party of three and you don't get to choose any other characters. But in Trials, you get to choose between, I believe it's six characters. that You can only choose a max of three, but you can choose from a total of six that you encounter uh, fairly early on in the game. And they each have their own abilities, like some are better with magic, some are better fighters. You know, Some are more healers than offense. Some use more offensive magic. So is this one of the JRPGs that uh, is like random encounters, or is it? Um, um kind of. It, it's more of like it's not like a turn-based battle system. You're just in the field, and enemies show up. You draw out your weapons, which is different from Secret of Mana because when you're out in the field, your weapons are always out. Yeah, but in Trials your weapons aren't out until like say random enemies show up. And then once you beat them, like say six enemies show up on that section of the map that you're on. Once you beat them, you get a notification that says you won and you get certain experience points. And then you move on to the next area in the map and then other enemies will show up and you repeat the process, which I I prefer that type of battle system in an RPG. Like that's always been my biggest complaint about earthbound is I don't like, the the turn-based battle system i much prefer to just hack and slash if you will same here i I never really liked turn-based uh fighting um i never really liked it either until i started playing D &D and then that's turn-based so it's like okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i just found like the the battlefield 
battle system to be a little bit more like I'm more into it. Whereas with turn base, it's and it can get kind of boring to me. But um, the the other cool thing about uh, trials that builds on Secret of Mana is in Secret, you, there was only like one time of day. You just explore. You go to your different temple, uh, forest, wherever you go. But with trials, there's actually a day and night, and different enemies show up in the day than at night. There are some objectives you can only do during the day. Some you can only do at night. Like early on in the game, there's a um, the town that you're in, you can only escape if it's at night. So you automatically have to wait until nightfall in order to get out. So, and the cool thing is a lot of the, the characters, like the elements from Secret of Mana are in this game as well. Like Sylphid, the, the wind god, Gnome, the earth god, or elemental is what I should say. So seeing those characters again, and they actually have more personality in this game than they did in Secret of Mana. Because in Secret, you just show up and you're like, oh, hey, I'm you know, the water element. Here's my powers. But with, with these characters, this iteration of the characters, there's actually like some funny dialogue. And that's what I like too, is that the, the story, now that it's really picking up, is, is really cool. And it, to tell you a little bit about the story, so set in the high fantasy world, the game follows three heroes as they attempt to claim the legendary mana sword and prevent the Benevadons from being unleashed and destroyed the world. It features three lengthy main plot lines and six different possible main characters, each with their own storylines, and allows two players to play simultaneously. It's funny because like I never had anyone to play secret with. Like I had these different, you know, three different characters, and you control one and you can actually set the other two. Um, depending on what you want them to do, it's almost like a strategy in a way, because you can set one to, say, be more aggressive. When enemies show up, you can set others to be more passive. Hmm. You kind of sit back and either cast spells or cast healing spells. So it's a cool little little addition, and you can do that. Wasn't Chrono um, Trigger in, in, like that, too, where you could set your your other characters to be either aggressive or passive? I believe so. Because I don't remember that being in, two, in, in uh, any of the other games I played, like any RPGs. So I don't know if that's like a common thing or maybe it's just those couple of games. I can't remember it from any other game because I know in Secret of Evermore, you just had... I, I know Actually, I think you could do that in Evermore because it was just you and your dog. Mm -hmm. But I think you could, whatever character you were playing as... You could set the other to be more passive or to just, you know, go in and go ham on all the other enemies. Yeah. But all in all, like so far, I've really enjoyed playing this game and I am going to finish it because I'm now that it's picked up. It, it's, I'm liking where the game is going. It was a very slow burn in the beginning because I remember texting you thinking, I don't know if I'm going to yeah. like this game or not. That's always been my problem with some of the, the older JRPGs. That's why it was hard for me to get into them as a kid because they were like, I like the action RPGs where you just kind of get dropped into a world and, you know, more like the Legend of Zelda and, you know, Star Tropics, things like that, like the action RPGs. But uh, when you get to the JRPGs, it just feels like it took so long to like for things to get going. And then even still, like once you get going, it's still that that turn-based combat, which I just really I can get into it in certain certain games. But a lot of games I don't like turn-based. I'd rather just like you said, I like to just go ham and just want everybody to just go fight. Like that's what I like to do. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it makes for, to me, it makes for a much more exciting, you know, combat when it comes to RPGs. Yeah. And I was even kind of second guessing myself thinking, you know, I don't remember games like Earthbound and Secret of Mana. Like, I don't remember them almost kind of boring me with the story because I was so into it. But then I was thinking, would I think the same of Trials had I grown up with it? Well, that's what I was going to say. Even as, you know, as a kid, you had a lot more time to, to devote to these games. Like you would buy this game. And even if you thought it was boring, you would still play the hell out of it because 
you didn't have anything else to play till you know Christmas or your birthday. So you would just play these games, and you had so much more time to devote to it. Well, it's like with this game, I could only you know play for like maybe at the most forty five minutes to an hour yeah. at a time, and I and I've put several hours into it. But it's you know it's it can be tough to get into an RPG when you can only play for thirty minutes to an hour, and then you stop, and then a couple of days later, you pick up where you left off. And you're like, "What am I oh, doing? Oh yeah, yeah, this is what I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, oh right, this is where I was supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's very similar in in play to Secret of Mana, which I really like, but it adds just enough to where it doesn't feel like a complete rehash. Yeah, and even some of the the reflections are like the opposite reflections of um, the story. So, say like in Secret of Mana, you get the Mana Sword, which by the end of the game is the ultimate weapon that you can use on the final boss. You get the sword at the beginning of the game, but it has no power, and you spend the game getting different orbs to power the sword back up. Whereas in Trials, you don't get the sword until close to the end of the game. So that becomes like an objective because that's the only weapon that you can use to save the world. You would almost say that it's a master sword. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Rampage says, uh, which is why Fortnite is a good op- good option. 10 to 15 minute rounds and no worries about remembering where you left off. Well, and that's what I've noticed too is that like as I've gotten older, my tastes have changed. And, like, Zelda, I think, is the exception to that rule just because I've played, like, all those games since I was a kid. But I I find myself going to those games that I can only, like, I only have to play for 15 minutes to 30 minutes. And then I just put it down, and then I can pick it back up, you know, the next day or a couple of days later. And I don't have to worry about, okay, where was I? What was I doing? Mm -hmm. What do I have to do? With games, you know, like like Fortnite, you can just dive in, and you don't have to worry about it. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah literally, just it's like I, it, it, I, that's why I love that Gandalf meme where he's like, "I have no memory of this place." <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you log into an RPG or something, you haven't played for like weeks, and you're just like, "The hell was I doing? Like, what am I? Where's do I have a quest log? Like, what's happening? Where am I at?" So funny story, the last boss that I fought, I had to stop in the middle of the fight. So I turned my switch off and then a couple of hours later, I turned it back on. And I was like, oh, shit. I, was just... <laughs> I do uh, that same like... thing with a lot of my games. Like sometimes I'll be playing in handheld mode like like I was playing. Uh, what was the, what, um Metaloid that I was playing before last week. And sometimes I'd be in the middle of a boss fight. And I'd have to stop and go do something and not touch it again for like a day or two. And then I come back to it. As soon as I, I turn it on, you know, I'm in the middle of a boss fight and I'm like, ah, what am I doing? Like, crap. <laughs> Just turn your system on and then. Yeah. You're dead. It's like right there. Like, wait a minute. It's like a boss beating the shit out of me, like instantly. <laughs> like, what is happening? I will never turn my switch off during yeah. a boss fight again. <laughs> But no, as I mentioned, you know, the, this game, I, I'm really liking where it's going. I, I, I want to complete it. I like the, mon- the Mana series. I would even like to play more because, as I mentioned, there were some for um, the DS. There's the one for the, the Final Fantasy was for the NES, which I've briefly dabbled into, but not. I haven't played it enough to really form an opinion on it. Yeah, but well, I, and plus I plus I figured I would get kicked off the show if I played extensively. Well, we talked about uh, when did we talk about this a couple of weeks ago? We're like, let's one of our listeners, Brandon Rutledge, like let's blow his mind one week. Where like I just completely do a review of like Final Fantasy three for the <laughs> Nintendo uh, regular Nintendo because <laughs> I've never well, you know, touched a, a I have never touched a Final Fantasy game ever my entire life. Right. Well, you know, that's why I've never put Final Fantasy on any of the polls, because I know it will win. Yeah, I know. Like, it, it will be a landslide. It and won't I, even be close. And I oh, would, 100. Let me tell you how that conversation would go. All right. Three, two, one. 
Uh, That's exactly how it would go, because I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. I just know people love it, and they get mad when I make fun of it. So I'm just going to keep making fun of it. Which is funny, because I started that whole thing. Like, I'm the one who started the shit talk on the Final Fantasy series. And then I, I can't remember which Final Fantasy I reviewed, but it, like, it blew our Twitter up. It was like, oh, my God, they're actually going to talk about a Final Fantasy well, I just, it's one of those things, like, I just don't get, like, why it's like Final Fantasy three in America, but it's like Final Fantasy seven in Japan, and then they put out Final Fantasy four, and it's like Final Fantasy two in Japan. Like, what are you doing with these numbers? Like, what is happening? By Final Fantasy, by Final Fantasy two, we actually mean twenty seven. Yeah, but then we do like we do a, a sequel, which is actually a prequel, and it's a half game. So it's like Final Fantasy ten and a half. But it's really Final Fantasy V, but in America it's Final Fantasy ten and a half. But it's a prequel to a sequel, but it's a prequel to a sequel, if you know what I'm saying. Like, you get that? Does that make sense? But let's not forget the one that takes place in an alternate universe. Yeah, the alternate universe, and then you take that one, and there's a prequel sequel to that one, which is uh, 11.2. And that, that's Final Fantasy 11.2. And then, which is actually Final Fantasy seventeen in 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 Japan. But if you played it, but if you played it on the PC engine, it's Final Fantasy seven point eight. Steffi says, "Wait, do we switch to Kingdom Hearts?" Yeah. That is a very valid point because Kingdom Hearts does the same thing. Yeah. Well, Kingdom Hearts started out as a crossover between Disney and Final Fantasy. Yeah. So it's it's appropriate. <laughs> but then they did Kingdom Hearts like thirty five point two or two point seven five. Like just give me Kingdom Hearts one, right? Kingdom Hearts two and Kingdom Hearts three. That's all I need. My little girl wanted uh, the Kingdom Hearts game because she beat uh, Kingdom Hearts three, and I went back and I'm like, there was two or three different options, and I'm like, wait, there's three Kingdom Hearts games, but there's really six of them? <laughs> What's happening here? Oh, God, I forgot about this. 356 over 352 two days. over, oh over two. Oh, my God. What? Why? What does that mean? Yeah, there was a Kingdom Hearts 356 over two days. What? What does that I, mean? I don't, I don't know, and I don't want to know. Do you know what that means, Wally? I, I, it means that I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like? I like Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario oh, Brothers no 3. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you mean Japanese? Yeah. Do you mean Super Mario Brothers 2 or American? Oh, or American. Super Mario Brothers USA. <laughs> but at least they were smart enough to put I, I a number on it. What it was called. Right. You know, that's, people, that's true. people can say the same thing about Legend of Zelda, that it's got like a crazy timeline and all that stuff. But the cool thing about Legend of Zelda is it's basically the same game every time. It's just in a different time period. Like you're yeah. still Link, you're still going to kill Ganon, and you're still trying to wake up Princess Zelda or whatever you got to do for her or rescue her. Rescue her in every some single fashion. game. That's it. That's every single Legend of Zelda game. And you know what? I'll still pay for it. I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. That no, is why Zelda That's why Zelda will always be superior to Final Fantasy. I will fight anyone on that. <laughs> you're asking for it. Uh, uh, <laughs> emails at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, put Derek in the header. Uh, <laughs> I will be more than happy to answer them. <laughs> but but back to Trials of Mana. Uh, due to its Japanese exclusivity, most of the English English language reviews for Trials of Mana were published years after the initial release. One contemporary English language review was in 1995, and GameFan, which covered import games, and rated the game highly. The Japanese Famitsu Review also rated the game highly, though slightly lower than Secret of Mana. Uh, 1UP.com gave it a B-, Famitsu gave it a 31 out of 40, GameFan a 95%, Nintendo Life gave it 9 out of 10 stars, and uh, RPG Gamer gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, I, for me, I would give this game a solid 7.5. I... 
still need to play more of it, but I've played enough to know that I do enjoy it. I don't have the same sentimental attachment to this game as I did Secret or Secret of Evermore, Earthbound, but I still very much enjoyed it. It, it did give me, once I got into it, it gave me flashbacks of playing those games as a kid. So I, I very much like the game. If you're a fan of Secret of Mana, I would definitely get the collection on the Switch. I can't remember how much it is, or I don't think it's on sale, but mm. even to play Secret alone is is worth it. And getting the other two games is a nice bonus. So I, I'm enjoying Trials of Mana quite a bit. Like I said, it's a bit of a slow burn in the beginning, but once you get all your characters, you get your party lined up, the game really gets going, and I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it doesn't have a uh, link here to go to the Switch store, but uh, I was going to look up and see how much it was. <clears throat> I'll look it up. But it is available for PlayStation 4 and Windows PC, so pretty much available everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend I recommend getting it. Well, awesome. I'm glad you finally... Uh, you've done all three of those now, right? Uh, I've done Secret and then Trials. I haven't done okay. any other Mana games yet. I uh, thought you had uh, thought you got them all. Still have one more, uh, then. Come on. One more. <laughs> uh, so next week, guess what I'm... Guess what I'm reviewing next week? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, part, <laughs> part two, uh, the prequel. The sequel prequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing Yo Noid for the Nintendo. Oh, that's right. One of, uh, and we still like Wally. We have to have a roundtable discussion, <laughs> and I really want to have this discussion about the what were some of the strangest um, advertising mascots of the last forty years since 1980. Oh, I mean, we got Yo Noid. We got the uh, Quiznos rat. Things. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. What the hell? Were, what the hell were those things? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't want me to. Um, they didn't make me go want to eat sandwiches. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And me and Derek talked about it last week. Do you remember Mac tonight for McDonald's? Oh yeah. You talk about nightmare fuel. Holy crap! Everybody in the chat room, go check out Mac tonight if you've never seen it. Oh, it's Matt on YouTube. Is, uh, he, he's actually still around. He is uh, at the world's largest McDonald's in Orlando. Wasn't there a defunct land on, on him, or was that something else I, I watched? It's either a defunct land or a yesterworld, yeah. one or the other. I'm pretty sure it's defunct land, because I remember we talked. We looked it up and, and noticed that on YouTube. Yeah, Steffi, the moon guy, the guy that plays the piano and tries to convince people that you know, you can go out to McDonald's and have a nice, you know, sexy romantic dinner with your significant other. <laughs> because nothing says romance like a with fries. After dinner at McDonald's, you hey, get the baby. Big Mac. <laughs> hey, baby, I want to hey. take you out, throw a burger down your throat, and then we'll go back and show you my quarter pounder. <laughs> Would you like some secret sauce with that? <laughs> My little sesame seed buns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That hurts. Don't worry. We can hold the <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh... Oh, yeah, that's, this is going to be a wonderful discussion. I cannot wait to do this episode. We have, that's our next, we're not even going to do, uh, 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 a Patreon poll next month. We're just we're just gonna do the the yep. weird uh, advertising stuff. <laughs> I gotta write down. <laughs> Stephanie all of it. says, "Hold the pickle." <laughs> That's right. Please. Um. Uh, oh man, because I gotta talk about uh, the weird Burger King guy too. Yeah, I was about to say you can't forget the king. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Sexy Hamburglar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, Wally, did you hear? Um, did you see the thing on Twitter where somebody put, uh, put a picture of the Grimace uh, next to a picture of a purple butt plug? And then I was just like, I can never unsee this. 
<laughs> the grimace this whole time. That, uh, that checks out. <laughs> wow. This show has gone off the rails. <laughs> this episode of Nerd Cave Retro After Dark is brought to you by McDonald's. Oh, I'm loving man. it. Wally, thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, oh, this absolutely. was great. It's a pleasure. This has uh, been a great episode. I, was, uh, I am disappointed in one thing. I didn't have to correct you once. Really? <laughs> hmm. No? I was waiting for it. No, that wasn't a thing that you got wrong. And I only did this for you. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't have done it. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I was just so vehemently... I was aghast when I saw that text message. I was offended by that. <laughs> yeah, I saw your text and I'm like, I'm staying out of this discussion. Yeah. So tell everybody where they can find you and what, you're, uh, what you've been doing lately on the uh, interwebs. Uh, me? Oh, uh, at the Real Big Wall on Twitter. Uh, the Real Big Wall on Twitch. I've been... Uh, streaming i don't do it for like money or anything like that in fact there's not a way to donate on my page because i don't know how to do that and well, as I'm soon as you get as soon as you get to 50 uh 50 i think uh subscribers you get to be you get to apply for affiliate and then uh oh that'll never happen so oh, uh i'm just uh hanging out with people talking and you know you can drop into my game whenever because i'm always playing Fortnite, and uh because you know i stream directly from my playstation i don't have any my computer Barely allows me to do this podcast, so I uh, I am not going to try. <laughs> so, Derek, what you got coming up this week? What's on the what's what's new on the Derek Diamond experience? Yeah, so this week I have three guests on the show: uh, writer director Stephen M. Smith and actors Tony Fadil and Elliot Cable. All three based out of the UK. Uh, they come on the show to talk about their latest film called Dead Again, which if you're a fan of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, you'll definitely want to check that out. Uh, it was a really fun conversation, really fun movie to watch. So uh, when you're listening to this on the download, it will be out uh, on the interwebs and you can follow the podcast on social media at D Diamond Podcast. Fantastic. And uh, go check us out over at Open Micers. Uh, last week, we talked to a very funny comedian, Nikki Coleman, who's open for like Wanda Sykes and a bunch of people like that. She's really funny. She's killing it. She's all over the country. And now everything's that uh, going to be opening back up. She's going to be touring a lot more. She does uh, one of the open mics here along the Gulf Coast. Nikki Coleman, she's a very funny lady. So go check us out at Open Micers and uh, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. And uh, I think that's going to be about it, fellas. What do you say? Should we call it a show? Er, yeah. All right. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Hold on. Let me. Uh, there's no music playing here. Hold on. Let me run this back. Ah, because it's turned all the way down. <laughs> nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jpunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond, and at the real big wall. We're also at ncrmerch.com where you can go buy some shirts and some mugs and masks and whatever else you need. Um, also, we're at Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro and Patreon at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro where you can go give us a couple bucks a month, keep us afloat, and we'll do those extra episodes every month. And if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. And what you gonna do when NerdCaveRetro runs wild on you? <laughs> <laughs>